sleep with common people like you. Well, what else could I do? I said, I'll see what I can do. I took her to a supermarket. I don't know why, but I had to start it somewhere. So it started there. I said, pretend you've got no money. She just laughed and said, oh, you're so funny. I said, yeah. And we're back. Rocking out some William Shatner. Nice pick, Alan. Thank you. It's perfect. Canadian and Star Trek. It uh, met all of our requirements. Uh, we're back. Sorry for the break. We had some unexpected company and uh, other issues. Anyway, uh, we were talking about... Um, were The question was, are the sets in the block more connected thematically than here's a bunch of TNG stuff? And... Uh, Dan, you were saying that um, you had discovered inadvertently a mechanic that we could stretch across the block. What? Without going into too much detail, what is that mechanic? Well, we hit upon that um, every time we wanted something cool to happen, we were making it so that you had to be at your opponent's mission. So we expanded on that quite a bit. There are cards that let you gain things, if you're at your opponent's, sorry, I think the, the the final wording we used was, if at an, a mission an opponent's seated, because if you share a mission, then sometimes it's not your opponent's mission or it's your mission or something like that. So, while you're at uh, a mission, opponent seated, there's a Ferengi thing that lets you. No, that, that, that's a bad choice. There's a Federation thing, or if you've got a diplomat, you could do something cool. Um, there's uh, there's a Ferengi thing where if you're on a lot of missions, then you can cash in and get some stuff. There's the Klingon thing that lets you... Where's the Klingon? Oh, yeah, the Klingon thing. And then there's the Federation thing that lets you seek out new life and get a uh, 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 type of uh, species that you don't have in play. All kinds of interesting things that you do for going out and being somewhere else. Um, I think it's neat, and we'll probably see a lot more of it with the next two sets. Well, it's uh, Jason wants to know a mission you didn't see. There, there's Alan, I think there was, there was a little rules, quirky with it because if you and an opponent both had a mission it didn't count so we had to fix some things but the idea is it's a mission that the opponent seeded it, 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 it's I'm not exactly sure what the final wording is but the definition is yeah a mission that an opponent seeded that you didn't so yeah the problem was if you you and your opponent both seed the mission it's considered to be your mission because you it kind of goes in that you stack them half and half. You only pay attention to your side of it. Uh, so if you're counting your opponent's missions, ones that you both seated, counts as yours, not your opponent's. So we're ducking around that rule, uh, wording-wise. Yeah, it, it's, it's, an, it's an interesting mechanic, too, because you can skin it in a couple different ways. Like, the Federation are exploring, and the Ferengi are stealing your stuff. Uh, it's really... It's, it's, we didn't make it clear, but this, this this Ferengi is very different than Ferengi that are people are used to playing. Um, these are very first season militaristic Ferengi, and not trading Ferengi. Um, we didn't quite get to redeem them as much as uh, cause, you know, those of you who don't know. If the Ferengi were really in, intended to be like the new scary adversary. For, TH, for the next generation series, you know, like Klingons were to TOS, Ferengi were supposed to be to TNG, and then they just didn't end up that way. Um, but we tried to sort of honor that idea in TNG Ferengi design, and they're very like officers. There's very, I think there's only one VIP or civilian. You know, they're very different, um, and they play differently. That, that was a, we, we did a play test not too long ago, and, and one of the guys who was sort of a Ferengi expert took the Ferengi deck because he wanted to. He said, "I always played the Ferengi the most." And when we started playing, he was like, "This is really different than normal Ferengi," which I consider to be a rousing success and a credit to our design team. So, um, anyway, uh, you're listening to us live. We're going to do probably another thirty or forty-five minutes before we call it a day, or until we run out of questions. Uh, you can throw your questions up in the TrekCC chat room and the Ustream chat room. You can hit us on Twitter at TrekCC, 
Or you could join us live on Skype, but it doesn't seem like anybody wants to. So that's cool. Hey, how about we do this? First person to volunteer to come on Skype gets to, well, I think we got, what, two cards left to spoil? Sure. Let them pick which one goes up. <laughs> Neat. Anyway, yeah, we can do that. So we've got another spoiler up on the stream for you if you're not actively viewing it. Uh, it's a Federation personnel this time. Um, these cards you're looking at are low-res out of our development system. Uh, I want to take a moment to give Chris Malowis Lavin the most amount of props that I have ever given anyone ever. Um, as much as our art team does work, Chris has made our life as card designers thousands of times easier with the development of an application he called Utopia Planitia, and it is essentially a card development database. And since we switched to it, I would say we are exponentially more productive. Uh, we are able to you know, remember every, you know, we're able to version cards and track them and, and keep track of who made what and when the changes were made and every little incremental change. And it even spits out our playtesting files now because we, we used to have to have the art team develop our playtesting files. And now we just push up a couple buttons and we get a PDF and send it to the playtesters. And so our productivity has gone up exponentially because of, uh, um, Chris, and uh, we can't thank him enough, but what you're seeing is actually the images that spit out from that application. So this is, you're seeing what the playtesters see, so uh, everything you see is not, is not absolutely finalized. It is subject to change, of course, as our lore team works on the uh, storyline, but this, this card that we're looking at right now is called Beverly. The name of the, the title of the card is Beverly. Uh, this is from, I don't remember the name of the episode, but it's the Dr. Rega episode. Uh, is that episode so? Suspicions. Suspicions. Nice. There's something about this card. Um, this is one that we know going in. That last thing that she's got there, that download of Starfleet Type Two Phaser. There's no Starfleet Type Two Phaser in the block right now. So we know going in that this card has things for the big environment. But on the other hand, that's a pretty great skill set for the block. So. That's good, too. Well, it's a Beverly with law. Yeah, just kind of spicy right there. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. She's There's a couple. One of the questions was, let me see if I can find it so I don't misquote them. Um, somebody say something while I'm looking. <laughs> something. Did my Katy Perry request get put through for music? Uh, I saw it. I don't have Katy Perry. Ah, shucks. I can't find the exact question, but uh, somebody was asking, are we going to get... Oh, yeah, here it is. It's from uh, some Car Wash. I suppose we'll be seeing a lot more core cards, for example, missions, main characters, in the coming expansions once block rotation kicks in, as the Premier slash Deep Space Nine slash Voyager sets are excluded. Uh, obviously, yes, but... Uh, would, we, would anybody want to comment on the, the difficulty of making new versions of existing cards in 1E? Well, 1E doesn't really do that. I mean, 1E has the quintessential version of this personnel. For Picard, it's Picard from, from, from Premiere with all his skills on there. And um, later on, we got one in First Contact, but it was very different. Um Whereas 1E, you get a different personnel, you know, if he looks at the camera differently. It just really doesn't happen as much in 1E. So we're really trying to figure out different ways of using the personnel. This Beverly was when she nearly resigned her commission and was going off on trying to figure out what happened to Dr. Rega. Um, the other mains that we have in the set are very much, uh, when Decipher did make a version of a personnel. It was in the wrong colors or it was not aligned or, or something very specific. So there's a lot of that. There's a lot of uh, red and pink colored people that usually don't have that color order. PFAS on Twitter wants to know, is Beverly card 328 of the set? Because that would be awesome. I'm afraid I don't get the joke. 
Oh, 328's the number that UP assigned to it, so it's showing up on the spoiler. Oh. <laughs> no, that is a... Uh, the, the, the numbers you see there are sort of global codes. They're, they're testing codes. They're not actual codes. She doesn't have a card number yet. She's a little V just because they're all Vs, but she doesn't have a card number yet. No, not 328. We're not doing that many cards in one expansion. I'm not going to say never, but probably never. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, uh, we're, we we're going to do some main characters. So, so we're, you'll, you, in fact, one of the other spoilers you will see here shortly will be a main character in a different color. So, uh, we did have an offer for a live Skype question. Okay, so Alan, think we can get him in here? Yeah, I just didn't want to dial him up right in the middle of a conversation. Yeah, we're, we have T K O T. T-U-U, who I think is 9 of 24 in the chat room. Are you there? Can you hear us? Yes, hello. Welcome to the live chat. You have a question for us. Uh, Yeah, going back to what you were talking about with the Ferengi, how there's so few civilians and VIPs, um, is there a move away from free reports? Because that's who reports for free to their headquarters. Dan, you want to tackle that one? Uh, yeah, well, it's less moving away from free reports because there are an awful lot of free reports. We, we like free reports. We just don't like combining free reports. So it's a very different thing. We wanted to make sure that, well, Ferengi and DS9 and Ferengi and TNG were very different. So as they play differently, they go different places and they do different things. Okay. That Now, that's not to say... When the set comes out, you will de- Federation, Ferengi, and Klingon will all see new cards that can report for free to their existing headquarters. We, we made sure that some of the, you know there are ambassadors for the Federation. There are people that mention the Great Hall uh, or the High Council in Klingons, and there's uh, the civilian or two. And we definitely for the Ferengi, we definitely made sure to do the. Uh, I'm gonna remember which rule it is. Is it the sixth rule? Where yeah, the one with names you, of the Ferengi. Yeah, yeah. Where you name another person. We we definitely went out of our way to to uh, respect what's out there, but um, TNG is going to be different. It's going to play different. It, it's we're really we're really talking about adding three brand new deck types to the game with uh, with Moody, and then at least another one with uh, Umbridge in the future. And um, we're not moving away from free reports, but we are. One of the things we did over the last year was figure out what the baseline is for the game. Where where design wants the game to be in terms of card drawing, free reporting, downloading. And uh, the Moody is the first set that really reflects that philosophy, I'll say. So. Okay. Can we answer your question? Yeah. yeah. Thanks. All right. Well, uh, Alan... We'll uh, we'll give you a choice of two spoilers to throw up next in the. Alan will send you a private message, and uh, we'll give you the choice of two spoilers to put up next. But thanks for joining us on the call. Um, <clears throat> I'm gonna go back to a question for Jordan here. Um, another faithful reader question: How many of the possible slash probable decks from Moody will need to tap into the LFL block? in your opinion as a player. Yeah, these are mine. Um, you know, Life and Lifelessness block has a lot of good dilemmas, but as far as having to, like, have to use cards from the block, I don't really think that it's something that's going to be absolutely necessary. Uh, uh, following up, do you think that using cards from Life and Lifelessness, Straight and Steady, and Shades of Grey in the block format will enhance any of those starter decks, or is it, you know, because, and we we admitted this up front, those three sets weren't designed with any sort of block structure in mind. So is it just going to be the occasional mission and dilemma, or do you think that there's something out there that may be waiting in the wings that will be awesome with that block that will rotate out when Deep Space Nine comes in? No, I mean, especially with Life from Lifelessness, where we gave pretty much everybody some kind of toy to play with, I think there's definitely going to be some things in there that can enhance the starter decks. 
I, I, I agree. I, th- I think that'll be pretty exciting. Um, yeah, uh, PFAS on Twitter again who wants to know, he came into the stream late. Have you discussed how many cards the March 2012 expansion has already? Um, we, we discussed that earlier. You can This will be up as a recording when we're done, but uh, it's going to be 99 cards plus or minus some number. Um, we were debating whether or not to add a package of reprint cards to make the block more more diverse out of the gate um, or if we were going to wait a while and add something later or we're going to make the set bigger to do that but um, definitely give a listen to this whole recording when you're done and you can catch up on all of that stuff uh, the recording will be up on our channel on Ustream and uh, I'll probably cut it together to a, a short version podcast without the chitter chatter um, Anyway, yes, we are live. We are doing this as you hear it. Uh, questions in the chat room are welcome. Questions on Skype are welcome. Questions on Twitter, at TrekCC. Uh, I actually have an email question, believe it or not. I don't know if he's listening live and emailed us, or he remembered we were doing this chat and sent in an email. But this is from uh, Mark Butt, Commander Frog at... Commander Frog at something. Uh, the question is... We'll make this for the room... I read the whole email. Apart from the general outlined themes, what's the furthest away expansion that any design work has been done on? Well, that's the first question. I'll go with the next one next. Uh, anybody know? Uh, I know I've seen cards that we've filed away for future set uh, Dominion. I've seen cards that we filed for future set possible release Midsummer. And I've seen, and I personally put together a bunch of cards that I want in the third TNG block set, but that's as far as I've seen. Yeah, I think I've seen ones where it's the here is a neat idea, and then it got filed. I think I know which Dominion one. Yeah, we've got a lot of different places to put card ideas that we go and pick from. I know once uh, once we realized how important block was going to be after the overwhelming positive feedback. Um, I went and pulled a bunch of missions from all those places that I could find to add more missions to the file because missions are going to be important. The more diverse, the better. Um, we've, we've been doing some transitioning from me doing all the brand management to Jordan. Um, jo- Jordan has officially taken over 1E. Um, I'm still here to help him, obviously, but... Uh, um, we haven't even really tapped who's going to lead set two or set three yet. I think I know who they're going to be. Well, we sort of had conversations about who the leaders for set two and set three are going to be. Um, we're giving Dan a break. Dan Dan's worked on three sets in a row, so he Yay. he probably wants to spend time with his family. Uh, um, I thought the plan was to just have him do all the shipping and not allowed to do anything else. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he, he may never want to design cards again. Um, <laughs> I don't know. But um, I, I, there's been some work done on Umbridge, which is the set after this one. I, I, I would... Because, to be fair... Uh, I got a bit of echo. Anyway, um, Moody was originally going to be four starters. Moody was originally going to be Fed, Klingon, Romulan, and Ferengi. And... Uh, Romulan got punted because we had a cool idea for what to do for the second set, and then, like, seven weeks ago, somebody was like, oh, we should have totally put Romulan in and not Ferengi, because then you could have matched it with Premier perfectly, and we're like, yeah, that would have been a great idea, but it was too late to change it. Um, So, I would say Umbridge. um, We've done some tentative talking about how the Maquis might work, and how Mirror Starfleet might work. Um, So, I guess if you count that, Mirror Starfleet would be the, the expansion and furthest in the future that we've worked on. But practically, it's going to be Umbridge. Um, but I think Umbridge is, is actually behind schedule. We need to start really ramping up design for that because it's going to go into testing once movie finishes, and then a couple weeks or months later, the uh, Snape will, will need to get started. So, And then we get to talk about Deep Space Nine. And we just keep rolling. We're, we're, we're trying to have three sets in, in different stages as we go. Anyhow, I'm talking too much. Back to the other part of this question from Mark. 
Sometimes, if a 2E backwards compatible card gets used by a bunch of players, it'll be more of a priority for converting. How will, be, how will the conversion process interact with the scheduled block process? As an example, having seen Mirror Starfleet cards used, and even having used some myself, and with Mirror Starfleet on the table for block 3, what happens if a 2E backwards compatible Mirror Starfleet card becomes a priority for conversion before block 3 comes around? Alan, would you like to tackle that one? Well, if it's an issue of the card being broken, we'd probably just throw it on the ban list. And my first instinct would be say we would wait until the mirror stuff comes out. Because the problem with mirror isn't particular cards. It's the entire faction doesn't translate properly. So that's one that's going to get done in one massive pile, I would think. Well, theoretically... If we were to sit down and decide definitively how a mirror Starfleet were to work and have that documented and written down, any one individual mirror Starfleet card could be created and released and still be used in a Starfleet deck with crossover. Theoretically. Yeah. The, the problem is that's, you know, if we sit down and decide now how mirror Starfleet's going to work, we're kind of tying the hands of the lead designer for that set in 2013. You know, uh, we don't know who that's going to be. That might be me, it might be Dan, it might be somebody new. Um, you know, we're bringing in a couple new people, and they might shine and want to want to lead a set. And then we don't want to say, okay, you can do whatever you want, but you have to do it this way. Um, so that's the danger with doing that. I mean, uh, like a non-Mirror Starfleet card, if it was a dilemma or an event, for example, it'd be pretty easy to slip in any of the block sets. Um, I think our general philosophy, and, and Dan and Jordan maybe can, can back me up or, or disagree, uh, is that the big set is the one that introduces the theme. So so we're, we tried really hard to make every card in, in Moody a TNG card. Um, I don't know if it's all, and there might be one or two that aren't, but we tried really hard. Um, I don't think that every card in set two and set three has to be a TNG card. In fact, I know they won't be. Um, so, it, you know... If if we need to convert a card and it lines up with the theme of that first expansion, we can put it in there. Otherwise, it might go in set two or set three as a one-off. Uh, it could go in a home front set, um, or it could go on the ban list. You know, that's the beauty of OTF is we have all of these tools for for dealing uh, um, for dealing with uh, problem cards. So hopefully, we answered your question there, Mark. Um, Jordan, I know we touched on this briefly, but let's let's get this cleared up for a faithful reader, our buddy. Sure. Uh, is resistance is futile part of the block? If not, and we were to get other boutique products in the future, are they going to be excluded or excluded from the blocks? Yeah, I think the plan from here on out going forward would probably be to bo include the boutique products in the current block. I don't think we've really set that in stone yet. As far as resistance is futile goes, we didn't initially think to include it, but at the same time, I think we're kind of thinking there isn't really reason to not include it. Am All right, right? Alan, <laughs> I, I, you're, I think you're dead on. Um, I mean, most of the personnel and, and stuff will not necessarily be useful in a TNG deck, but there are dilemmas in there. <clears throat> There's no reason to say you can't use this card. And it's always fun to find someone who manages to finagle some way to make it work. So, I mean, I don't know how you do it with a bunch of Borg guys. But. I mean, not, not, not to mention, Shades of Grey has the Enterprise E stuff in it, so you could build an Enterprise E deck. You might be kind of short on personnel, but if we extend it in... One of the things we're talking about is allowing uh, universal personnel and ships to join the block at a certain point. And if we did that, you could theoretically play an Enterprise E deck between the promos and and uh, Resistance is Futile and Shades of Grey. So I mean, that, that would bring you up to six different decks that you could play in the in the format. So there's there's really no reason to, to not include it. But uh, Alan, we got another spoiler, presumably picked by our uh, yep. brave guest. Let's uh, get that up for people to look at. <clears throat> so... Hey, this is one of the ones I was talking about. 
Yeah, Dan, why don't you uh, walk us through this card real quick? This is another personnel in the wrong color. Uh, this is a red Picard. Uh, he's Klingon. He's a VIP. He's got many of Picard's skills, but he also has, also has Anthro and Law because this is the uh, what was the name of the card? Is this actually? It's not his name is in bold, so it just must be Jean-Luc Picard. This is the uh, the Chadich Picard, um, right? Or Arbiter Succession Picard. Sorry, my mistake. Um, and he can actually download Arbiter Succession if an opponent's Klingon is present. So that's kind of cool. To, it's uh, you know, it's something that you throw in your deck anyway for a quick 10 points, or if you can get him with some of the other Klingons there and make him fight, then uh, score quick 10 points that way. He's got good stats. And one of the things we were trying to do with the starters is put recognizable faces in each one. So Picard's pretty recognizable. He's he's in the Klingon deck. He's in the Klingon starter. Core. Yeah, and uh, Jordan... Write that down that Nob just said, and then oh, actually, I was just going to fix it here. <laughs> Show off the uh, melt. <laughs> yes, we haven't quite completed proofreading yet, but I will make sure to make a note of that. Thank you. Oh no, yeah, check it out. Okay, we're pulling this right from the file, so we'll do that. You're going to show off all our secrets. <laughs> <laughs> no, all our top secret info. <laughs> now, we're, what we're going to do here is we're going to deny that there was ever a typo. Nob, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what are you talking about? There's no typo. No. Anyway, uh, i got a question here. 9 of 24, who was our, our guest. I, I didn't catch his name. 9 of 24, sorry. Um, Mr. of 24. Mr. of 24. With conversions are BC, backwards compatible cards that refer to mission attempts, such as first of many or psychonetic control, are they going to be translated to mission and scouting attempts? Somebody, anybody? I give that one to Dan. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably. I mean, they're they're pretty much conversions are tough because they really weren't written for this game, and a lot of the conversion icons were just thrown on there because it seemed like a good idea at the time. Um. Yeah, I mean, that's, that seems to be where they do it. We've got a document that describes how to convert a card, and I'd say 90% of the cards don't actually fit that because they do something weird. Yeah, I think there's a lot of compatible cards that just don't even work in, in 1E. Well, I, I think eventually we're going to get to the point where, you know, we've never promised to convert every card. I think at some point we're just going to say, you know what, the rest of them aren't worth the trouble. Forget it. Um uh, of the two that you give, I think it would depend. Like, first of many is a Borg card, so having it—I mean, it's got a picture of a Borg on it. It wouldn't make sense for it not to work on scouting attempts. Psychonetic control—I could see going either way. I, mean, I think we've gone both ways on some of these cards. You know, we've converted some that only work on mission attempts, and we've converted others that that uh, stop scouting attempts too. So, I think we'd. Uh, um, <laughs> that was funny. J Jason said, they we're talking about Picard becoming the next leader of the Klingon High Council with Arbiter of Succession, and he doesn't have leadership, but Jason said, good point. You'd need to reflection therapy him. Reflection therapy is not a verb, but I used it thusly anyway. <laughs> I think it's a verb. It, it's a card game verb. It's good enough. So, uh, Going back to uh, Dan, I want to cover a couple questions here. I want to make sure we get to everything that was brought in. Um, how are the reprints, specifically, for Faithful Reader Needs, are we going to get new cards that do old things? Well, there's two ways we can do that. One is to just say, you know what, we really want um, Handshake to be in the card pool, so let's put it in a home front set. Sure. Uh, the other way would be to, you know, if we wanted a new a new Picard, we could just make a new Picard. But that doesn't do a service, that does a disservice to all the people who are not playing in the block. I mean, that's just kind of a wasted card slot. I think we'll we'll do a little of everything. You saw what we did to get a new, another Beverly into the block. She's very different, but there's reason to use her in the block. There's reason to use her outside of the block. She's She doesn't... Uh, I, I don't want to say that all the cards that we're making don't uh, degrade the originals because some of the original cards were pretty rough, 
but we're, we're giving good reason to use some of the original cards, even if they are pretty rough in the set. So, yeah, we will be reprinting things because we want them in the block, but we won't reprint something just because we want it in the block if there's a better way to do it. Well, sort of refocusing that a little bit, say, for example, uh, Kivaspajo Collector is not in the block, and it's it's a staple drawing card. Um, are we making new draw engines, or are we just saying play one, draw one is the new awesome? How, no, I mean, what we do <clears throat> is we take the idea of you're going to play a card to make you draw cards, and we'll reskin re it to something that makes sense in our set, but something that's still usable in the big set if you have, if you, if you have a reason to put it in there. There is a card that looks like Kivas, but is both better and worse than Kivas at the same time in the in Moody. Uh, so, yeah, that, that'll be interesting. Yeah. But it's probably safe to say we're not going to make a card that happens to be an event and says target player draws three cards and call it Kivas's brother Bob. Like, right. Do it. it. We'll just call it what it is. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, There's if, if we can make it new and different, we will. But if we just want the same old thing, we can do that too. Uh, it, similar to, we were talking about time travel earlier. If it becomes necessary to have some kind of time travel in the set, we could theoretically just do a temporal vortex. But there's already cards in the the Phoenix block that, I mean, a matter of, out of time, just let you jump around. So um, it's already there. If, if we really... If we can ran up against the wall and figured, okay, there's uh, Phoenix is going to rotate out. We still want to be able to time travel. We can either make something new or we can just add temporal vortex back in. Uh, we'll probably have to make a decision based on what we were doing at the time. I, I'd be more inclined to make something new and try to do to, try to do what's already been done differently. Temporal vortex does a lot of things. I don't want to put. I don't want to bring it back and then hose other things that we thought it was gone for a good reason. Uh, JRCH5618, who just joined the chat room, we uh, pulled all the questions that have been asked in the, the forum thread and covered most of them. We're still covering some of them, but yes, we definitely covered talking about property logos. So when the when the broadcast is, uh, the the recording is put up, you can uh, hear us talking about that. So, yes, Malus has a good point. There's nowhere to time travel. Well, you can, no, that's not true. Starfleet. Starfleet. Starfleet, Romulans, doesn't matter. <laughs> Romulus is in the block. Yeah, there yeah. you have to go out. Of, you have to use Daniels or uh, Silic. Daniels can report anywhere. He's uh, not online. All right. A um, couple other questions. We're, we're going to head towards wrapping this up. I mean, we'd love to talk to you guys all night, but you know, everybody's got families and things to do. Uh, if you got other questions, throw them up in the chat room. You could join us on Skype, but we have a couple more uh, questions here, Dan. Um, can we get an overview of what Moody looks like? Specifically, are there more personnel than usual for an expansion? Or are there any personnel of affiliations that aren't covered in the starters? There are a lot of personnel because we wanted the starters to be mostly based on this. So starters got to be a lot of people to make to solve your missions and churn through dilemmas, so there is a lot of that. Uh, I think... I think we figured that if you take out all the cards that are directly for starters, uh, and and some of the cards that go in the starters are great for the rest of the game too, whatever format you're playing. But if you take out just those cards, there's still 30-ish cards left over uh, that are for everything else. So there's a lot of verbs. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of personnel. I, I think there's more personnel in this set than just just because it's a base set than there than there's a lot. Um, as far as other affiliations, not so much. We had a there was a Federation Cardassian in the file for quite a while, but he got cut. So everything that's left is Ferengi, Non-Aligned, Klingon, or Federation. Oh wait, there's one other affiliation. I see. I'm not going to say what it is. Um, we will be bringing in the other TNG represented affiliations later in the block, like Romulans in set two and. Bajorans yep. and Cardassians in set three. And in one of our playtest sessions, one of the one of the playtesters brought a deck that was not one of the affiliations that we've made cards for. And it did pretty well, so um 
I think you could probably make I mean, the number of T, TNG Bajorans is probably not so great because uh, they weren't in that many TNG episodes. But, you know, you throw in uh, non-aligns, one of the two, if you put, put both of those other two things we've got down there in the bottom of the file, that could be pretty good. I mean, especially if you, well, outside block, you could use a treaty to get all that stuff in. Inside the block, that might be pushing it. You know, we we in the third set it might be that we need to have a a special treaty that lets you play those guys with those guys or those guys with something else. We'll see how it goes. Uh, the collective's representative in our chat room, nine of twenty four, wants to know if we're going to do TNG Borg. I have written a number of TNG Borg cards, and I alluded to uh, a set that I wanted in the third TNG set, and that's where they're sitting. I am really, really dying to print them out and play test them because they look like they're they're the fun. There, there weren't a lot of TNG Borg out there already. There's Hugh and I think one other guy. So there's not a lot to draw from. And if we continue the trend on how we differentiated, like specifically TNG Federation, it might make it hard to use all the normal Borg tricks, but it still could be a lot of fun and something that's very different, which is what we wanted to do with a lot of these TNG versions of uh, Ferengi are very different than the DS9 era. I think we could do something the same with Borg. I'm, uh, you, you got my vote. I'm 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 looking forward to that. But you know, I said that's two away, and it's in, not even in the playtest file yet. No promises where it goes. Well, it's interesting because we also tried for a, a bit 22nd century Borg when yeah. we did Straight and Steady. So maybe we'll do a a Borg boutique that features. TNG and 22nd Century Borg, you know. Yeah, we haven't got enough of uh, boutique Borg sets. That sounds great. <laughs> or maybe we'll do a whole Borg block. Just Borg, Borg, Borg on Borg on Borg for a whole year. It'd be awesome. Anyway. Make everyone learn how to play the crazy expansion, the crazy affiliation. <laughs> Everybody learns Borg or quits. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Alan, let's throw up the last spoiler for everybody. This is the one I alluded to many, many, many minutes ago in the chat. Um, meanwhile, Dan, I have another question for you. Uh, other than making more... Oh, and I'm actually... Before I, I wanted to say, um, I did a quick count, and... Uh, oh, this isn't the one I thought it was. Oh, well. Did I grab the wrong one? No, I thought I grabbed the DS9 character with the TNG property logo, but I think I chose this one instead. This was fine. That's enough of a hint for the ch for everybody to figure out who it might be. Um, anyway, there's uh, about two-thirds of the cards in Moody appear in one of the starters, one or more of the starters. Yes. So about a third are for packs, for when you do sealed to pull out of packs. Anyway, Dan, um, other than making more cards for a starter deck, uh, was design doing things differently in their approach to Moody than in previous expansions? Other than the starter decks? Well, we could have just made starter decks, uh, you know, that, that didn't, you know, Federation and Klingon and, and Ferengi. But the overall goal of uh, splintering off the Federation into a subset of TNG really drives the rest of the set too, not just the starters. Um, the starters, by just the nature of everything, fit in that because that's what we're doing. But the design of the set was very much along the lines of what we did for Enterprise E worked really well. Let's do something similar and spread it out to all of the TNG era. So that it's it's everything. A lot of the cool tricks you have to limit yourself in your card pool because. You saw what happened to the Enterprise E card if you go out of that. It goes away, and then you lose all your fun stuff. So, same thing. There's an awful lot of... That, that other two-thirds, most of it references uh, your own limitation of, your, of what you can play with in your deck to make it cool. JRCH has asked another good question here. Uh, will there be a Ferengi Treaty, finally? And... I'll go ahead and take that one. Um, looking over the Moody file, I do see one card here that would let a Ferengi work with other personnel of different affiliations. 
I would love a Ferengi treaty, but I think it'd almost be wasted if it was just a like the plain boilerplates. Like I think, I mean, and that and this is just me kibitzing, and hey, I get to be on the radio. Uh, but I would love to see Ferengi treaties that feel Ferengi because they never. I mean, you know, you guys can tell me to shut up any minute now. But I mean, Ferengi don't really do treaties. They do temporary agreements until they got what they want and then they ditch you. And I'd love to see that on a, on Ferengi treaties. Um, the, the topic of Ferengi treaties has been brought up pretty much from when we started making 1E cards. Um, and there is an internal schism <laughs> about whether they, they should have a traditional treaty or not. Um, I think that a couple treaties, depending on where you plunked them from the storyline, make sense. Uh, although, I definitely think the Ferengi could get a, gener- a general treaty that, you know, had a, a countdown of four on it, and then you could discard Latinum to slow down the countdown or something. I'm just totally making it up. But, uh... Um, I think, too, there's... Sorry. I think, too, that there's other ways that you can get personnel of different affiliations to work together besides just a straight-up treaty. And I think some of those ideas are more fun to explore, too. And those are some of the things that we are looking at in Moody here. Um, Dan Dan can back me up on this. We, we've been talking throughout the development of Moody about should we put the treaties in this set? Should we put them in the next set? Should they be the third set? Should we reprint them? Should we make them new? Treaties is a logical evolution of a block format with limited affiliations, you know, Uh, and they're really Johnny Timmy cards, if you're familiar with the magic psychographics, but, um, you know, I played Fed, I played Klingon, now I want to play them together, well, I need a treaty, so I would, if I was a betting man, I would say that we will probably have treaties in the block before we're done, whether they're in set two or set three, and whether the Ferengi get one, I can't really say, but... I think treaties is a natural place to go with what we're what we're doing, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see them one way or another. So, so now should we let Dan uh, get out of the corner we just painted him into? <laughs> sure. Yes, Dan. This is what your job is going to be now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, there's a treaty that we put in in one of the Phoenix sets that might be uh, how it goes. Very lim- more limited in its scope than something we already have. Whereas if you agree to play with all this stuff, then you can have a treaty. That way, you know, it, it, once again, you get rewarded for playing with a, in, the, in the, low, the, the limited card pool. Uh, real quick, I wanted to talk about the last spoiler we have up on the stream. Uh, it is a Ferengi version of... I think this is the only Ferengi version of him in one in now, right? That's right. There's the old non-aligned version, so now he's finally in his proper colors. It's Daemon Bach. Um, he is one of the few personnel that goes to the three-line the three line skill box. I think most of them are the two-line. Um, after we broke the templates left and right in Shades of Grey, we sort of recommitted ourselves to respecting the templates as much as possible. So, uh, no, we didn't make Art make any new templates for this expansion, I think. I'm sure Dan will correct me if I'm wrong, but... Not that I can think of. But this is Daemon Bach. Very, very, very TNG militaristic Ferengi. Yeah, he, uh... He's got... He doesn't have his... I'm trying to think back to his non-aligned version. He's got Officer and Engineer here. He's got a couple of Treachery. He's got Exo and Transporter Skill. Of course, the first one couldn't have had transport skill because that wasn't invented yet. Uh, and he can, he can download the Thought Maker. So that's another card that you won't be able to use in block, but it might be interesting in uh, in the main game if if you know if if limited, but still. And once per game, uh, capturing a Jean Luc card, he just fly by and pull it off the ship, and uh, that's pretty good. Yeah, it doesn't even have to be present with him, so. Yeah. Um, oh, we should answer um, the question there about what the up template is. Yeah, the the UP template is uh, um, it's all the templates that currently exist in the game you can choose from when you make a new card. Um, 
Malice knows when we need to make a new one because we private message him saying, well, what do we do? Then uh, usually with more whining. Um, and then Johnny has to make it for us. But yeah, I think everything in Moody fits on something we already have. There might be one or two cards where we we, we put it into UP thinking, well, it looks like it might fit. Good luck, Art. <laughs> but we'll see what they kick back to us. Yeah, I, I think that greed is certainly possible. I think they put greed on original Bach because they needed people that were greedy. Um, I think that, you know, if you're trying to capture, I'm trying to torture and kill you, Bach, he's not really greedy. He's very uh, revenge-oriented. So I like his I like his skill set. It really fits in the Frenge, um starter matrix. They have greed aplenty. He didn't need it. He got some other nice skills in, in exchange. And nine cunning is always nice, so... Um, I have one question for Alan that I didn't hit yet. Uh, from a faithful reader, of course. Is Seed of Starfleet going to be considered part of Straight and Steady? I think by the book right now, it's... What set is that in? It, it, it was an errata. Originally Enterprise Collection, though. Yeah, you can't play Starfleet without it. <laughs> yeah, so if it's not, we will make it so it is. Well, you could play them without it. You, you could. I just you'd lose, the, you'd lose the free play. I, I think we will probably retroactively issue a, a statement that Straight and Steady is part of straight, uh, this seat of Starfleet is part of Straight and Steady for the block purposes. That's just one of those things where you know we're kind of having to back up and say, okay, we're doing block. Okay, are all our pieces in place? Okay, well, so I think this year we'll probably be we'll probably end up doing more of that honorary block status. Probably by next year we'll be better at that. Agreed. Alright, so let's um, click through the spoilers again. Put them up each for a few, you know, 30 seconds or a minute each while we wrap up. Um, we've covered all the questions that have been emailed in uh, and posted on the message boards. Um, we covered all the Twitter questions. We have a couple shout-outs from Twitter. Igroxbach and PFOS both congratulated us and said we're doing a good job. So thanks for those uh, compliments, guys. We really appreciate it. We, we love... I can't speak for everybody here, but I love working for you guys, and it, it makes it real fun. So, um, any, any last questions from the chat room? Uh... You know, people talking about Bach not having greed, which is, you know, they seem to be happy with that decision, which is cool. Um, anything you guys want to say to everybody before we we wrap this up? I'm, I'm looking forward to... Uh, I don't know, like like we've been saying over and over again, uh, I, I don't know how, how good Block is going to be right off the bat, but if things fall into place, I'm looking forward to playing with just just a limited carpool again. That that'll be fun. Even so, with this set, it, it 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 suggests that you play with a limited carpool to get a lot of the stuff. So, yeah, that's going to be interesting. Uh, I'm just going to apologize that the video has gone black. Uh, the little piece of software I was using to put to change the stream just crashed and is not behaving. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. We will. We will. That's a sign. <laughs> yeah, it's probably a sign we're done. Um, we will, we will, we will do something with those spoilers again here soon. I mean, they were they were all in the video, so you can go back and watch the video. Maybe somebody, I'm sure somebody will post them on the forums. Um, but yeah, um, we we spoiled a, a dilemma and a federation, a Klingon and a Ferengi. Um, Nine of twenty-four. Alan wants to know if we can expect updates to the CRD for February. I don't believe there's anything lined up for February. There's a a bat. There's a wormhole typo where it's used as an example that isn't right anymore that we have to take out. Uh, as far as I know, I don't think there's anything desperately um, urgent. Jordan, we do have something, right? There's the all good things thing. Isn't that coming? Yes, in February, um, some of the cards that Decipher originally made in All Good Things to kind of correct the broken links in a 1E template, we're going to be adding to the conversion list. 
Um, I think Colonel Carroll was one that I can think of off the top of my head. Touch. Um, yes. Uh, dimensional shifting. There's a couple others too. Yeah, and it'll make some of those. Uh, yeah, it'll, we'll just officially. I mean, we're not reprinting them. We're just adding them to the converted card list. That um, we talked about. Are, are are they? They're not being reprinted with the icon, right? We're just putting them on the list. Yeah, we're just. Yeah. This is the origin. This is the one E version of this two E card. Um, right now, the conversion list is in OTF. You have to use the one E version of the two E card, or or more accurately. The 1E version is considered an errata of the 2E card. So if I have the 2E, the 2E back to basics, I can play it, but it's considered to be using the first edition text. Um, I'm nine. I'm pretty sure in the next uh, organized play update that rule is being applied universally to the game. Is that right? That's my understanding. Yes. So whenever the organ and this isn't this isn't a glossary or a CRD thing, but when the organized play update goes up next, and, and James just confirmed it, James Hoskins just confirmed, uh, for all one e formats, the converted version of two e cards is an errata to the original. So you can't no longer in open can you use one uh, e Genesis effect and two e Genesis effect in the same deck. You, they're both the same card, no matter which copy you're using. So that's a change coming. Now, you can still use your 2E cards if you have them and you don't have your 1E versions. It's just they become the same card for purposes of most recent printing. So if you use it, it has the 1E text. But yeah, it's all formats. If you're playing 1E and you're playing a card that has a conversion icon on it, or you're playing a backwards compatible card that has been converted... Um, it is using the the one e version now. This is sort of the prelude to eventually saying no more backwards compatible cards in one e. Now we're, we're this is a controversial subject, and I was hoping not to get into it. Uh, so why did I bring it up? Anyway, we're going to do that eventually, but there are still way too many cards that too many people play for us to just cut their knees out and say no. Um, I know there are a, a number of one e players that just hate backwards compatible cards. But there are also one players that use them and have invested time and energy into getting them. And I don't think we've converted enough cards to say no more conversions. At some point, that will happen. Uh, we, we mentioned it briefly, but at some point, there's only going to be crappy people that nobody cares about or verbs that don't work right. Um, but right now, I mean, I see Romulan verbs get used. I see Cardassian verbs get used. I see Starfleet gets used a lot. Um Anyway. To be mirror Starfleet. Yeah. But so the that's a long way away. Yeah, yeah. That's, you know, 2014 before we get to that, so we're not going to cut people out from using them. Makos, you know, we don't even know where they're going to fall yet. They'll fall somewhere. But, um... All right, any last questions from the chat room? I appreciate you guys listening. We had, um... We have 15 people watching right now, which is pretty cool. Um... We'd like your feedback on this format too. If you if you thought that this was useful and entertaining and and uh, fun and and helpful, we'd like to do this again in the future. Um, so let us know if this if we sounded good, if the production value was good, what we can do to improve for next time. I mean, 15 is pretty good. I was uh, uh, kind of uh, expecting a few less, so I'm pretty happy with 15. Um, Dan, uh, closing thoughts. Uh, my thanks to uh, all the artists who, upon who we are heaping lots of work. Alan, how about you? Well, then I will heap praise on Millways for uh, all those fun technical toys that make life easier. Go Canadians! <laughs> and Jordan? <laughs> oh, i got to thank somebody. Uh, I will thank you, Charlie, for having the faith in me to be the brand manager. Absolutely. I mean, um, we are extremely blessed as an organization to have the depth of volunteers that we have. I have an ad. I don't know if it's coming through. I'm going to wait until it's gone. Awkward silence. <laughs> yeah, no. Jeez. And actually, I'll second that on 
Jordan there. He is doing a very good job picking up on uh, keeping everybody organized. So, Yes, I have my whip out. Mm-hmm. I'm half kidding. Sorry, I had a really, <laughs> <laughs> really annoying uh, Google Nexus ad. Um, we are extremely blessed to have the number and talent of volunteers that we have. Um, Alan, Dan, James, Johnny, Chris, Jordan, uh, Thomas, Dave, Matthias, Neil. On the 2E side, we've got Matt. We've got Dave as our 1E creative director. We've got uh, Tyler, who's been doing just a great job as the 2E. Um, you know, Keller and Nick, our previous Rules and Masters, we've just had an incredible wealth of talent, and uh, I'm, we're really blessed. You know, I think that I think the work that we're doing now is in almost all ways better than the work that Decipher did um, and is better than the work that a lot of our, uh, that a lot of competing card games are doing right now. You know, Brad, of course, can't forget the Brad. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying that out of anything but pride. I mean, I think that the work that we're doing for no pay is better than the work that some uh, actual production CCGs have. Wait, I'm not getting paid? <laughs> I made that clear when I hired you. <laughs> you get 80% of what I make. <laughs> Quick double his salary. Uh, and, you know, on a personal note, all these volunteers that I've named and any that I forgot and apologize to uh, make my life easier because if they weren't here doing this, I would be doing it. And... While I have the time and energy to do it right now, it's it's unsustainable. And uh, being able to transform, you know, to teach Jordan some of the stuff that I know and then being able to trust him and say, Jordan, take care of this. And and, I, and he'll tell you I'm a control freak. I'm a pain in the ass because I'm resisting giving up stuff because I don't want to do it. And he's done a phenomenal job, and I haven't had to babysit him at all. <laughs> um, it's just it's been phenomenal working with everybody. We're looking forward to doing this for you know, we've obviously got three years worth of one any more planned, and if the block format proves popular, um, I think I have a list of about 14 more blocks that we could do before I'm out of ideas. So, <clears throat> and that's just me. And now we have the Borg on Borg on Borg. That's yes, right. Hot Borg on Borg action block. <laughs> <laughs> Bob Buck. Anyway, um, now that I've horrified the chat room with that concept... <laughs> Uh, just a couple of notes. Um, I, I, please post your feedback about this format and how it worked, what your suggestions are. If you have follow-up questions to anything that we talked about, uh, go to the forums and hit up the live Q&A thread on the one boards and ask them. We'll be monitoring that thread throughout, answering questions. Um, this broadcast will be saved up on our page, ustream.tv slash channel slash trek-cc-live. You'll be able to watch the whole thing. Uh, I will probably cut it together as a podcast as well, so you can grab it on iTunes and listen to it that way. Um, Gumbo Gumbo was asking, can we do something similar for 2E? Absolutely. Um, 2E is, I don't have any sort of grand block plans for 2E like I have for 1E, but 2E hasn't needed it as much either. Um, But I'd like to do this, you know, more regularly. Maybe we could do an organized play Q&A or... um, when we when we put out a new expansion, we can do a designer Q and A and that kind of stuff. And and uh, I, I have to give Alan special props. Um, earlier in the week, we 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 tested UStream and it was just massive amounts of fail. And it we were scr- of Marco Polo though. We we were scrambling to try to find another alternative, and then Alan figured out how to make it work. So Alan is the the tech genius of the day who got uh, UStream working for us, so you can listen to us talk. Um, couple other things. Um, talking about CRDs, I'm pretty sure there will be a 2E CRD next week. Um, Make It So is going on. is actually almost done. Make It So is our second edition search for an assistant designer. If you're at all interested, I encourage you to check out the forums. Uh, we have our two finalists, Ben Hosp and Mark Morris, are currently designing their 15-card expansions to decide which one of the two of them will join the second edition design teams. And they 
they've been working really hard, and if you have any interest in TUI at all, check out what they're doing and uh, participate in any decision. Um, and I'm sure the inevitable question is, are we going to get uh, a one e make it so eventually? Eventually. Um, more announcements coming. A lot of big things coming for the year. Regional announcements coming soon. You guys are going to love the promos. Especially you 2E folks. Um, lots of good stuff coming, so stay tuned. And uh, as always, I hate to do this, but if you have $5 you can spare, every penny helps. Keep the lights on and keep our foils coming out to you guys and uh, keeps us doing what we're doing. So, Any last words from any of the guests? Uh, one more group we should send shout-outs to is all the people who we can't name by name. Um, I'm thinking the folks on the Rules Committee, uh, you got Dave on Creative and all of his folks, and probably a whole bunch of other people I don't even know about. Playtesters. Yeah, and there's a lot of people behind the scenes who don't get to put their names out and if like I can say for myself if I look good it's because there's people behind me making sure I don't screw up too badly so oh and the art team before we forget them yes alright well that is all for this broadcast we'll be going off the air and um, we will see you around the internet and live long and prosper Captain the aliens have disappeared and so has the shuttle. Scan the sector. I have, sir. Well, I suppose that is the end of Q. Au contraire, mon capitaine!